Anderson. I'm going to repeat that. 37 and a quarter. Curry for the lead. Hey, everyone. Welcome to an all-new Dove's Talk presented by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, get two breakfast sandwiches for just four bucks. Grant Liffman here alongside Kendra Andrews, as always. And we are towards the end of the free agency period. The Warriors have made three moves uh, in terms of acquiring free agents. They've also traded away Eric Paschal. They have let Kelly Oubre go. Kent Bazemore has moved on. There are other transactions, smaller transactions that have transpired. But in this pod, Kendra, let's kind of look at what they've done, what they can do with that roster. Then also... You and I tonight leave for Vegas and let's talk a little summer league. Absolutely. So I guess we'll start with the, with the moves that the Warriors have made so far during free agency, who, who, what new faces are going to be on the roster next season. A new old face face of course is Andre Guadala. He played a bunch of seasons with the Warriors a couple years ago. He is coming back on a minimum deal. Nemanja Bielitsa, he's coming over from Miami also on a minimum deal. And then Otto Porter Jr. is also coming. So those are the three new faces. Good moves, you know, for the Warriors to make. It addresses their needs on the wing. It it brings that veteran presence that the Warriors have been talking so much about that they desperately need. Adds some depth. You listed the guys who left. And the way I look at it is it all kind of balances out the guys that left and the new faces that are joining. The Warriors didn't take any major steps back. I'm not sitting here saying they're screwed because of the moves that they made, but they also didn't leap, you know, heads and shoulders forward, especially when you look around some of the other moves that the West has made. There, there wasn't anything that has completely shot one team up or sunk another team to the bottom. And the Warriors are in that category as well. Yeah. It, a lot of it, again, as always, will come down to health. And Clay Thompson, for sure, is it. But Otto Porter Jr., that that will dictate how healthy is he. He's been pretty hurt off and on the last couple of years. If he can be healthy, that is a major upgrade, potentially, to the Warriors. That is a position they need and a guy who's really shown throughout his career, for most part, has just been really a productive, efficient player. So where can they go from here? What do lineups look like? And that's where you kind of start molding in and and to be fair free agency isn't done yet right now with Kaminga with Moody if this hasn't been uh, settled yet if they do take on the partial guarantee of Damian Lee that's 14 roster spots taken obviously there's 15 available sometimes they leave that 15th spot open just so they can bring in a player later on but let's say they decide hey we can fill that spot there are some free agents available including somebody like a backup veteran point guard, like in Avery Bradley, who we have talked about many times in the past. Um, There's like a Jeff Teague or something like that. And then, I mean, big men, yeah, they did add Bielitsa, but maybe they feel like they need one more. Maybe they say, hey, Marquise Chris, will you come back to training camp, compete for maybe a non-guaranteed or a partially guaranteed deal or something of that sort. So there are free agents still available. And also there are trades still available. Like things could transpire. There are many teams that are still potentially looking to make trades. So the roster is not completely settled right now, Kendra. And in fact, one person that we want to talk about in summer league will be Gary Payton, the second, and that's somebody who's a roster spot that is unsettled. But for just for a moment here, let's talk about lineups. And my first question to you is this, 
in your mind right now, and I guess this is speculation, do you think James Wiseman or Kavon Looney starts for the Warriors on opening night? It's a big question, and I want to lean towards Kavon Looney starting. I say this because that latter half of this past season, the 2020-21 season, Kavon Looney really proved that he has a good amount of, you know, gas left in the tank for what, how long has he been in this league? You know, five, six years, it's always been a question of, okay, well, how many minutes can he play? Can he stay healthy? What can he really give? And he proved that he can give a lot, that he can take on a good amount of minutes. He probably played more minutes than the Warriors even expected to, you know, have to play him. But the fact that he could handle all of that and have a really positive impact on this team, first off, just gives them more flexibility at that center spot in general. But then when it comes to the start of the season, the way that they used James Wiseman last year was not beneficiary to the Warriors or to Wiseman. And he is expected to be available and ready to go by training camp, but they threw him into the fire last season and that didn't quite work. So I would imagine that they might want to take a different approach to how they use him. Let him just get his feet wet, let him play minutes with Steph, with Draymond and get comfortable to that, but maybe do that just here and there and ease him into the process instead of saying you're our starting center, ready, set, go. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think coming into training camp, the expectation is that Looney, it's, it's his spot right now. But Wiseman has the best chance to supplant him if he shows that he's very healthy when it comes to training camp. And he's not behind the eight ball if he shows the progress that they want to see early on. I agree with you. They're, I mean, they shouldn't be doing this big experimentation like they did in the beginning of the season. They shouldn't just say, oh yeah, we'll throw them out there and see what happens. No, they, they need to win games and they, and they need to take it seriously. So in that case, yeah, maybe it is Looney who just works with that team and knows that team so well. Uh, they go with him and then Wiseman comes in and can play with Jordan Poole, right? And they can do their two-man game. They can do pick and rolls, et cetera, in that way. Maybe a little less pressure on Wiseman. Or they think that Wiseman is at a spot now and they can instruct him and coach him to be the person that does play well with a Steph, with a Draymond and just stays in that dunker position, stays actually now attacks rebounds and goes for the rebounds in that way, you know, sets hard screens. Those are the question marks the coaching staff will have to figure out, but you're right. If, if you're trying to just win immediately, there's a good chance Kevon Looney is just the guy that's going to help bring that starting unit together. Also, you know, with Clay Thompson not out there, it'll be interesting to see which route they want to go because that will end up dictating a little bit on, you know, who, who plays together and who meshes well, because Kendra just last year, some of the worst offensive ratings in the league were from the Warriors starting lineup when they had Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman together out there. And there's, a chance neither of them will be in that starting lineup again. Yeah, that was definitely a weak spot for them last season. We know that one of those two players, Kelly Oubre, won't be back this season. But it is, you know, still a question of, okay, well, what was James Wiseman's role in that malfunction? What was it that he was doing that wasn't allowing Kelly Oubre to click? Because I'm sure it was a two-way street. Um, and so 
Yes, once you add Clay Thompson back into that mix, it, it is a completely different game. He's unlike any other player in this league. So that, of course, is going to change the way that you play. And as you said, Grant, you know, it's it's James Wiseman's job to take, really. I agree that heading into training camp, Kevon Looney is the assumed uh, starter, but all of that changes. And like I, I said before, having Kevon Looney proven to be able to play that low, to play those minutes, to play that role. It just gives them more flexibility in the sense of, okay, if they do want to play, start James Wiseman, they don't have to feel this need to say, okay, well, Kavon can only play 10 minutes. So we have to wait until this point in the game to sub him in and out. And, and James Wiseman has to take this brunt of the load. That's not what it is right now. So it just gives them a lot more flexibility with whatever they want to do and however they want to approach it. But it will be interesting because also with Clay Thompson, he's not going to be there at the start of the season. So how all, how are they also going to adjust to that change in the middle of the season, get used to playing with, you know, whoever's going to start at the two and then switch that out when Clay Thompson gets back. Yeah. The one thing that the Warriors centers have been so good at is that when people are spacing the floor, they also know how to find the open shooter. And James Wiseman hasn't shown that yet. Obviously he's so raw and, and it really hasn't been integrated into the system at all. So, you know, when the clay's back there, you can't miss him in the corner. If he's open, you can, you have to make that pass to him. So that's something they'll figure out. But if clay Thompson's not out there, the question is who is starting in his place? Because just last season it was Ubre and Wiggins together in the starting lineup. Now, obviously, there was many issues with that. Defensively, it was more of miscommunication more than these guys couldn't keep up with them. You know, those guys one-on-one -on -one did a really good job defensively. So the question is, who's the guy that meshes well, brings what they need out there, and also meshes well offensive and defensively? So I think one of the probably one of the first options they're going to look at is, hey, if Otto Porter Jr. is healthy, can he just play the three and Andrew Wiggins play the two? Can Wiggins do that? We've seen Wiggins play so well against the wings of other teams, right? Can he instead match up with smaller guards? That's something the Warriors will have to figure out if that works for them. But if Porter's healthy, he also spreads the floor on the offensive end. You can see the fit there, Kendra. Yeah. The other, the other person just quickly would be like Damian Lee, for instance, mm -hmm. if he is on the team moving forward obviously again you have to wait for this guarantee to go through the guy knows the system incredibly well knows how to play within it has great chemistry with the guys shoot shot 40 percent from three so he's a person you can plug in immediately and just be like all right keep us keep us alive until clay thompson comes back right damian lee and Otto porter were two on my list of guys who could kind of fill into that in that uh, round out the starting five and for so for really just the past couple of years we just keep hearing this term of well it's becoming positionless basketball you know you don't have to be x measurements and x type of player to play the two or the three so if you put in Otto porter jr into the starting lineup with wiggins yeah one of them would be assigned to the shooting guard one of them would be assigned small forward but kind of, as you said, if, you know, Wiggins can match up against these other shooting guards, then that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter that he's not maybe your prototypical shooting guard or Otto Porter isn't your prototypical shooting guard. They can, as long as they complement each other and can go up against whoever their opposition is, 
it should be okay and it should work. But Damian Lee is also a name that I thought of as a guy that you could plug in right away. As you said, he knows the system. Kent Bazemore was a guy who was playing in that shooting guard position once Kelly Oubre got injured and didn't quite get back into the starting lineup. But now that Kent Bazemore is gone, in my mind, Damian Lee kind of fills that Kent Bazemore hole if, as you said, they decide to, to pick him up and, and keep him. Yeah, that that was, I think, when it came down to it at the end of the season, it was like, which one do we say? It was like a question, do we go with Bazemore or do we go with Lee? And the Warriors ended up going with Bazemore. And Bazemore played really well in that spot mm-hmm. for a little while, and that was during their run of them playing a lot better as a team. Um, I think they could have gone with Lee, and I think it would have gone really well as well. I think he just fits that mold. And it's not saying, you know, that in today's game, you don't, you don't have to say, hey, if you're a starter, you're about to play 30-something minutes. It doesn't need to be like that. You know, if they go with Damien, they could say, hey, you're playing the first six minutes of, uh, of the first and playing the first six minutes of the third, and maybe every now and then you'll be in a closing lineup. But my question to you is, Kendra, like, what about Jordan Poole? Because Jordan Poole, it, let's say they're saying, hey, we want to put our best players out there and our best scorers out there immediately. Technically speaking, Jordan Poole fits the bill. Absolutely. That is a name that I actually hadn't even thought of. And it is a really good point. And I think what I hadn't thought of it is I had pictured in my head, okay, Jordan Poole is that scoring reinforcement off the bench, right? He's that offensive boost that they really need in that second unit. But as you kind of just mentioned with just because you're starting doesn't mean you're going to play the entire first quarter and then none in the second how maybe you'd think a typical starter second unit minute pattern would work. He could come in and give him an initial push and then go to the bench and play in that second unit, kind of as Andrew Wiggins did. He was that buffer man between the starters and the bench. So Jordan Poole could be another viable option for sure. Yeah, it's it's a question mark of do the Warriors feel like they need to get him in the mindset and comfortable and ready to be that six man scorer to understand when he's coming in the game, feel those moments out for when clay comes back and he's in that position, he's ready to go. Or do the Warriors feel like, Hey, we can still have him playing in that position, but we also need him to play with these guys. They have to also figure out how he meshes with Steph Curry out there and others. Is he ready to be more of a playmaker while also scoring? Those are the things they need to figure out. And I don't know which way they would go. Um, for me personally, I think sometimes for a young player, you need to get them in their role that they need to know immediately. So they learn it and they absorb it and assimilate into that role. So I could see that happening where the coaching staff goes, let's make him understand where he's going to be this season. Uh, but at the same time, again, if they think he can play with Steph and he's going to put up buckets, why not get him in there as much as possible, right? So th- I think those are the options we're looking at right now unless they add another player. There is one more guy, and this kind of transitions us into the next topic. I mean, there is Moses Moody technically as well. He's a guy who spreads the floor, sweet shot. We just don't know where he's at defensively or how well he'll know the system. But if he's in training camp doing really well and just doing his role, they might go, hey, screw it. Just put him into the two spot. Definitely a possibility. I lean further away from that possibility than some of the other ones, but it definitely is there. You know, summer league is and training camp is going to be so important in assessing where exactly Moses Moody is in Sacramento in the California Classic just last a couple of days ago. You know, his shot looked really good. It is there. It's just a matter of how consistent can he be with it. You mentioned the defense, how much of a liability or lack there of one is he going to be on defense? And 
yeah, how well does he gel with, with Steph and with Draymond and those other guys? If they choose to put Jordan Poole in the starting lineup, at least to start the season, depending on, again, how Moses Moody does in summer league and then training camp, he could also be a guy that they maybe slide into Jordan's vacated role coming off the bench as a, as a scoring boost for them in that second unit. Um, but kind of as we were saying with James Wiseman and, and not wanting to put all of this immediate pressure to win right away, putting him in the starting lineup, the same argument to me applies to guys like Moses Moody of maybe not put all of this on your shoulders right away. Let's see where you exactly where you fit in. Let's maybe get you some minutes out there with that starting unit, but, but not marry you to, to the starters quite yet. Yeah, I think a lot of times when a rookie starts or, or is playing big minutes immediately as somebody who's been there for three or four years in college and is used to it and, and, and has grown into that. These guys are so young. Um, it, it's kind of hard to envision. But again, you just don't know how training camp goes. You don't know how summer league goes. And that's why I'm so excited to see where these guys are at. Because, I mean, you, you look at with Clay out and if the roster stayed exactly what it was. If Kaminga and Moody aren't in the rotation, obviously Clay Thompson isn't either. So that's an 11-man rotation, which is actually totally fine. That's pretty much kind of the amount you play anyway in, a, in the course of a game. But Kaminga and Moody both showed some things, at least in that one game, where you're like, huh, that might be something that can be transferable to the NBA right now. But what we'll see in the summer league is we need to see these guys play a lot of minutes. When you need to see them play 25, 30, 35 minutes per game to get their feet wet. And the problem is once an NBA season starts, very few scrimmages happen anymore in practice. And so if these guys are only coming in for two minutes here, five minutes here, they're not playing games, right? And so that is why it's not even a detriment to, it's not saying let's diminish these guys. They're not that good. Let's put them in the G League. It's just more like, we need them to get minutes and, and, and play within the flow and feel the game and understand the game and increase the IQ and all these things. And that's why I hesitate from saying, oh, let's, I mean, even though Kaminga might be able to do this right now, it, it just might be better just to have him play a bunch of minutes in the G League to start. Yeah, no, I think that's a very fair argument. You hear so many times from these players that the best way to learn is just to do it right. but when you have you know such a top heavy roster as the Warriors do it's hard to find them and honestly that's why I was a little surprised when Kaminga and Moody didn't play in that first summer league game down in Sacramento I understand it you know Chris Weems the the summer league and Santa Cruz Warrior coach said it was because they had just come off this strenuous pre-draft workout process in the draft and they didn't want to kill their bodies which I completely understand and respect but at the same time, it is about trying to get as much run in as possible. So that was interesting to me. But no, I agree in terms of sending them down to the G League, at least for a little bit here and there, just to get those consistent minutes in, because I don't see them, especially Jonathan Kaminga, having that many big, consistent minutes. And for a guy like him, especially, the reps are what is so important. You mentioned there's less scrimmages. COVID and COVID protocols have only diminished that even further. And I don't foresee that changing just next season. So I would not be surprised if, if they spend, you know, at least a couple games here and there down in the G League. Yeah, you could flip them back and forth as well, depending on the situation with the team. But 
with summer league coming up, I'm, I'm so excited for us to be out there and watch them live in person, because from what I'm hearing Kaminga and you can see it on TV, Kaminga looks like the six, eight body that you think, you know, you, you hear the numbers and you're like, he's probably like six, six with shoes on, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, he was built. The guy is just, he has a body of somebody. They're like, that's can't be a teenager. So I'm excited just to see them in person play and see the speed of the game and the way they're moving out there and the way they're, you know, integrating into the offense. Great and resorting casino is your destination for 24 seven fun. Experience luxurious rooms, award-winning dining, world-class spa and salon, and the best gaming and entertainment around. Visit greatandresortcasino.com to book your 24 seven fun. And also, one of the things I noticed when watching the California Classic, Jonathan Kaminga, when he's doing interviews, is very quiet, very subdued, very, you know, stoic. But when he was on the court, that guy talks. He was talking to the other team. He was talking some trash. He was up in his, his own teammates trying to rile them up, try to get them going. He had a big smile on his face for half the game. He's yelling. He's rowdy. Like I saw those things from Jonathan Kaminga on the court and then he comes off the court and interviews. He's, you know, much more stoic. So you and I hopefully will get a chance to talk to him, Moses Moody and all these guys. And I mean, I want to ask about that. I want to be like, who's this guy versus that guy? Tell like, (laughs) what, what is the difference between the two? Absolutely. But you love to see that. You love to see someone be vocal, especially so young on the court. You love to see the communication, the talking. It really does remind me of just the Clay Thompson vibe of he's a quiet guy but especially this past season when he's been on the bench all year you see him up in people's ears letting them know what they're doing right and wrong and it's so good to see that from a rookie who for especially this summer league team is a leader of this team and I'm sure that the Warriors and Steve Kerr and Bob Myers and all these guys love to see him being so active in in trying to get his teammates to be better because that's a really good trait to also have in your locker room and and put in there especially amongst so many young guys like the Warriors have now yeah I I I love just the the confidence and even if it comes off as cocky I I don't care when you're on the court and you're that age and you feel those tools you just need that confidence you need to bleed that that aggressiveness out there and it was just it was just nice to see that side of him and I'm excited to go to Vegas and really see it like live right right in front of us now you were there at Sacramento um, and that definitely was one feel because you're in a huge arena but in in Vegas it's a much smaller environment right we're right there courtside and we're doing you know we're just right there with them so um, it'll it'll be fun to break that down and we're obviously gonna we're gonna put a, a bunch of podcasts um, with interviews with these guys. Uh, we also will get a chance to do a pregame and postgame TV show for the first game, which actually airs on Monday night. So that'll be exciting. Uh, we'll be there and hopefully get some guests after the game, maybe with Jonathan Kaminga or when these guys come sit with us and we can chat with them. So that'll be good. But a couple more names that I'm very curious to watch. And one of them is, is a guy that has a lot of curiosity from Warriors fans for some time, and that's Justinian Jessup. Mm-hmm. Now, Kendra, the one thing I noticed from the California Classic is it could have been nerves. It could have been jitters. I don't know. But he just wasn't fully comfortable when he was out there. And he seemed like he was rushing some shots. He didn't really find his place yet uh, just from those first two games. Yeah, no, 100%. And especially in that first game, 
he was scoreless at halftime. He went, I believe it was, it was, she was shooting 0 for 6 from the floor in that first half. He managed to bounce back a little bit in that second half, which is why I agree that probably part of it, at least, is about just jitters and, and getting getting all of that extra energy out and, and just slowing your heart rate down a bit. But beyond that, I, I don't think that that was all of it. He definitely looks like he's trying to find his, his spots, his, his comfort level. The game here in the States is very different than that of what's played in Australia, especially in terms of the size of guys you're going up against. So I'm sure that that also has something to do with it. So watching Justinian Jessup and seeing again, if he, is he able to balance this out and get a bit more consistent, just find his spots, get that shooting percentage up because if he were to get that last roster spot on the Warriors, he would be there to be a shooter. You know, that is what, what he's, he is, he's another burst of offense. So if he's able to get control of that and, and harness that and take advantage of that, it, it'll be really good for the Warriors, but it's definitely something to watch because it wasn't quite there in, in Sacramento. Yeah. We're, we're, we'll definitely keep an eye on that in Vegas and see how he's doing, but he, he has, He's definitely behind the eight ball when it comes to trying to get a roster spot. And it's not just his, the two games that I'm in Sacramento, just the fact that, you know, they're looking for a veteran team right now. They already have two raw young rookies that are on the squad. They have James Wiseman. They're trying to develop a guy needs to be on the roster and needs to be able to shoot it. Well, if you're wondering, Hey, can you just be put on a two-way spot? His contract makes it very complicated to have that happen. So pretty much no, that that's the way it's looking like it, it doesn't look like it can happen this year. So you look at how about the last roster spot? What can they do? GP2, Gary Payton, the second, he, he's really played well. He was playing well in the, in the California Classic. The guy really brings defensive energy. He, he can do a lot of things out there, right? He's not going to do anything incredibly. Maybe defensively, he can bring it up there. But offensively, he just does, you know, makes the right pass. He has some really just underrated athleticism. He has this nice lefty stroke and hit some threes. But the problem for him is he can't be on a two-way contract either. He has had too many years of service in the NBA, so he is not eligible for a two-way contract. He has a non-guaranteed contract coming up in deadline, which they're going to have to decide very shortly what they're doing with him. So he's out there, and he's going to be trying to showcase himself for other NBA teams, for the Warriors, and maybe if they, let's say, don't pick up his contract now, they can always invite him back to training camp to compete again. So... Um, there's definitely things at play, but it, it, for someone like Gary Payton, the second, he, he's fighting for a spot, not just on the Warriors, but just anywhere. I mean, that's one of the things that makes summer league so exciting and so unlike anything else we see in the NBA, because it really truly is a showcase, not just for the team who you're playing for in summer league, but as you said, for Gary Payton, the second, for the entire league, you know, I was in summer league back in 2019, writing a story about how the nuggets should sign this one player. And then the next day he was off to the Toronto Raptors. So everyone's eyes are on all of these guys, especially those who didn't get as lucky in the draft who what her weren't as high up in the draft, maybe didn't have any draft picks all of these guys are have their eyes on him. And for, for a guy like Gary Payton, the second, I'm very interested to see what that knowledge and that spectacle and knowing not just the warriors are looking at you, but all the other teams are looking at you as, as well. What that does for his performance in Las Vegas. Yeah, no, it, it, it's going to be fun. There's a whole cast of characters and it's fun watching the other teams. You see some of the top rookies 
come through and you and you get to watch all these guys i'm about to say hey i'm excited for that warriors orlando game because you know they got some great rookies as well and it's where you see all of these draft picks yeah. come in and you say what could have been if this guy got picked by this other team and then also that is the perfect place for him to be yeah i'm, I'm orlando what did they have jalen suggs and franz wagner were those the two that they ended up with yeah. i keep getting them in charlotte <laughs> charlotte got book night yeah. and Kai jones i think that's yeah. what it was yeah no i'm with you for some reason it's the blue jerseys or, or something i, I don't know it's mix, it's mixing it up but uh yeah no I, i'm very excited so everyone please definitely stay tuned for the pods coming out we will be there in summer league you can follow us on twitter um and we'll actually have updates for you and hopefully some video from there as well and then for tv yeah we'll be there the game is being shown on nbc sports bay area monday night we'll be with you before we'll be with you after so much coming up and we're so thankful for all of you to be with us make sure to download and follow dubs talk presented by wendy's Thank you, everyone. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.